the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we are back at the time of 6.09 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Thought you were moved a little bit by that particular topic, and you should be, even if you are uh, an American. How come? Because any time we misrepresent God and misrepresent his work, we dishonor him. And uh, believers ought to know better. Uh, You know, we can get away with a lot of junk Christianity in America, um, largely because our our faith is not tested. Uh, We live secular lives. We get up daily. The kind of things we do in America, we don't even need God for. Not really. I mean, there is a sense in which God maintenances all of us, every one of us. Um, and he doesn't require our faith. He doesn't require, um, you know, you and I to, uh, uh, to have to acknowledge him. He does of his people and his people do every breath we take, every move we make, we live, move, having our being in God. And we thank God for it. But the secular world doesn't have to do that. The, the carnal world, the, the unbelieving world doesn't have to do that. And they get to enjoy God's benefits down here until judgment day. And then they have to give an account for everything that they've done. Correct. Um, And so, yeah, you can play church, you can do church, and yet in a 24-hour day, not really depend upon God for anything. And consequently, you can buy into false doctrine. You can uh, perpetuate that doctrine, propagate that doctrine as if it were the God-honest truth, and it not be true. I mean, you think about the barbaric nature of these kind of witch doctor um, comments you know, God will heal you if you come let, let me lay hands on you or if you send in some money. Um, and so many of you know that tragically Peter Popoff and the multitudes of, of, of legions like him are crooks. Well, if you buy this holy water, if you buy this, buy that, buy the other, it doesn't work. And we really need to scrap any notion of a kind of prosperity gospel whatsoever because it only is a kind of Amway scam in our churches, an intangible Amway scam for people who don't read their Bible soundly or don't sit under good teaching. Now, you take that crap to Africa and let uh, real uh, discerning ministries put cameras on you while you try to heal a thousand people or 10,000 people or 50,000 because they'll come out, those desperate, poor, sinful people, human beings like you and me, they'll come out to your, your events because who doesn't want to be healed? Who doesn't want to prosper? And they'll they'll let you talk and pontificate and preach loud and, and prance all around as if somehow you have the Holy Ghost. And you'll leave them high and dry, as the proverb says. He that boasteth in a false gift is like winds without clouds. Winds without clouds without water driven by winds. That means you have nothing in all at all really to give anybody because you're preaching a false gospel. And yet those poor souls are desperate for help, desperate for help. Wake up. You're talking about a term called the woke church today. We need to wake up to that folly and foolishness and repent 
Ask God to teach you the soundness of the gospel of the grace of God in Jesus Christ and to live by grace through faith and and work and, and, and serve God by the means by which he and his providence normatively works. And whenever he wants to do something uh, outside of the normal means, he'll do it without your help in mind. That way he gets the glory. Let me go to line one and talk with Tamara in Oakland. Tamara, are you there? Yes. Hi, Pastor. What's going on? What's your um, thoughts? Well, I... Um I just I came in a little late, so I don't know if somebody said anything about it. I wanted to go uh, just for a second back to um, to uh, the wedding. Yeah. And I wanted to say how uh, it, I really thought it was interesting how you had been showing us and um, how like Esther, yeah. uh, King Xerxes Zerx, had um, compassion for Esther. Yeah. You know, love for Esther because his heart was already prepared because of who his father what his father um, and his grandfather had went through with, you know, God had gave them compassion for the Jewish people. Yeah. And then, and then again, I'm seeing it with like um, Ruth uh, with Boaz that his mother was actually Rahab. Yeah. And, um, and so with with Henry, uh, his father, his mother was untraditional, was not what, uh, you know, was not royalty, was not traditional, right? Uh, and 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 now he's here. He is doing a similar thing. I agree. And, yeah, and, that, that's what we were expanding on, and I and one of the reasons I brought it up is because God has done that throughout history. He has broken the norm. He has uh, opened the gate. He has. Uh, dug through the wall and created a way out of no way in order to show us all that it's not by lineage, it's not by privilege, it's not by um, effort. It's all about God's calling and purpose. And and so we see a beautiful picture of um, Christ in the church. The church is... um, you know, she's an undeserving harlot, really. The true believer recognizes we are sinful and undeserving of, of being part of the royal family, and yet God loves us in Christ before the world began and then calls us by his grace, as you know, into a Ruth uh, Boaz-type marriage, into a, yeah. um, as you said, Rahab-type marriage, and a Tamar-type marriage, and uh, and yeah. even a, uh, a little Jewish girl who uh, had to take the hit for honoring God for bearing the... Uh, son of God uh, as a virgin. Uh, and that's what honor does. It's controversial. And so we love the gospel, don't we? Yeah. It's a beautiful yes. thing. It's uh, a beautiful and thing. You showing, I, I, I'm so enjoying uh, you showing us how to look at the at the world and things that happen in the world through a gospel paradigm. So I thank you for that. Yeah. I thank so. you. Thank you for the call, my sister. Enjoyed your mama yesterday in new members class. Just letting you know she got the gospel too. <laughs> <You're> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Yeah, I love a gospel paradigm. That's the way to do it. Put on a gospel limbs. Don't be don't be critical. Critique, but don't be critical. Let's go to line number two and talk with Jesse and Modesto. Um, Jesse, how are hey, you, Pastor, my brother? How are you doing? I'm good. Oh, my God, Grace. I'm doing well today. How are good, you doing? Good, good, good. Let's have a conversation for two minutes about something very important, and that is um, good works proceeding from the grace of God in the life of redeemed sinners who are undeserving but are thankful that God uses us anyway. Um, That's right. Right. This is my brother from another mother, the mother called the Jerusalem, which is from above. And we have the same heavenly father and his name is Jesse as my name is Jesse, which is in the Hebrew means wealthy and prosperous. So um, 
We are talking about what kind of ministry right now, Jesse? Uh, it's the uh, Revelation Bible Ministry. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have it uh, it's held there at uh, Grace Bible Church, as you know, on Saturdays. And we do that every other Saturday. Mm-hmm. And the ministry began very small with uh, just a sister giving out some Bibles. And uh, it grew from there. And the Lord uh, opened a door into one prison. And from that one prison, it, by God's grace alone, has moved into... Uh, many, many different prisons and jails here in California, and now uh, different states in the United States. And so, by God's grace, it is all—he uh, provides for the Bibles, and uh, he provides the volunteers. He provided a, a safe place for the volunteers to gather there at Grace Bible Church, and uh, we receive about 80 letters uh, every week. Mm-hmm. And the only prerequisite for uh, an inmate— or a prisoner to receive a Bible is that they write in. Right. And so we receive these letters, and again, about 80 come in every week. And by God's grace, we're looking to get Bibles this Saturday. Okay, now are you, sti- and, uh, are you, are you sitting still somewhere? I, I am. Okay, because yeah. because you're you're spotting on me a little bit. Tell me if okay. I'm tell me if I'm correct. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually speak to the audience, and you tell me if I'm correct, Jesse. Uh, one of the special privileges of us answering mail from inmates and wanting to give them Bibles as they request them is that we engrave their names on their Bibles, and we insert um, you know commentary from time to time about the grace of God in it. But the real feature is that we. Take the time to engrave the names of them uh, of them uh, uh, on their Bible. So when they receive their Bible and they receive really nice Bibles, not these two dollar Bibles, uh, they right. receive them with their names on them. And they have been extremely appreciative of that um, since the ministry has started. Um, if I'm correct. And then we do this every other week at Grace Bible Church. It's called Revelation Bible Ministry. Is there a website um, that that people can go to if they wanted to learn more, or is that not available yet? It's not available yet. We're okay. working on that. Got it. And, uh, but, but they can come in uh, this next Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll be there from 8 to 2, and they can come in for an hour, two hours, spend the whole day with us. Right. And, the, the, you know, Grace Bible is just so kind enough to provide lunch for, for many of the volunteers there. Right. And uh, you're right. It's not only the engraved that makes it special, the engraved names, but it's also the prayers that are offered up by the saints for, for our brothers and sisters there. And we've just seen such amazing testimonies how people, one lady in particular from Chowchilla, she's doing life. Her name is uh, Rachel, Sister right. Rachel. We call her one of the evangelists right. because she's always telling people to write in. Right. And she was sharing that since she's doing her life term, She's been showered with many different Bibles, she said, but this Bible really spoke to me. Right. And she constantly writes in, and it's because of the prayers that are offered up, along with the volunteer and the work, because the Lord looks at those things. Yes, he does. I I really—now, you know I teach that. He really does. There's no um, way—I say this with all humility. I I hope people get it. Um, There is no way that God's going to be working in you as a Christian— and he's not working through you. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And God is glorified by the good works which he has ordained in Christ for you from the foundation of the world that you and I should walk in them. And this expression of it called Revelation Bible Ministries actually is in need of a significant amount more of volunteers that generally come out on Saturdays. Um, Brother yes. Jesse is and, and Sister Chana are worried about this being a, um, a holiday week. 
weekend, and we know it is. We're coming up on uh, Memorial Day, which is Monday. And so what we are really asking our thousands and thousands of listeners out there to do is to mark on your calendar and come out and spend a few hours with us on this Saturday from 9 o'clock till 2 o'clock or 8 o'clock, 8.30 till 2 o'clock. Um, you will find it to be a warm atmosphere of uh, happy, uh, God-centered people who love to talk, chat, intimate fellowship around preparing Bibles and and uh, imprinting Bibles and packaging Bibles and mailing Bibles. And we really need to get out about 250 Bibles this weekend. And so we do really want your support. You don't have to be a member of Grace. All you have to do is show up Saturday morning and you will be amazed. And we would love people who have been there before, but we certainly would love for those of you who want to do something this moment Memorial weekend of a memorial nature. And um, it would be of significance to have you out and help us. I'd love to see an army out this Saturday where we can just get it done, get it done before the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, You would be amazed. And uh, Jesse, listen, thank you for the call. And I'm going to have you call me in, call in with me about once a month so that we can let people know, because I am sure there are people out there who would want to get engaged in a ministry that really is not that arduous. It is very edifying on a relational level. Uh, and it's satisfying on a service-oriented level. So, Jesse, thank you for the call, my dear brother, and the Lord bless you. Lord bless you. Thank you. All right, thank you, too. You guys heard that. So, Grace Bible Church this Saturday. 8.30, drive on in. Anytime between 8.30 and if you're going to come, don't come, you know, 1 o'clock. You know, why come that late? Uh, get on up and make it a priority to serve God. Seek first the kingdom of God with us at Grace. No, it doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing. It doesn't matter. Come on come on out with us and serve. one 367 is the number to call me if you have more uh, desire to know about it even now. I'm going to take a break when I come back. More, more with yours truly on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. And we're back the time 626 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Really, um, our uh, Revelation Bible ministry is a sort of non-commitment um, type of ministry, just brothers and sisters from uh, from a lot of places, largely grace. But we would love to have you this Saturday, 832 uh, two o'clock. We we're done at two, but we really try to get the work done. If you ever are exposed to um, the the letters and the testimonies of many of the inmates, it'll change your mind. Um, what I do know is that uh, Christians are really cold in, in a lot of ways to to ministry to charitable work, and there's a real negligence for American Christians in the area of prison ministry and things of that nature. I I know that from experience. Okay, I know. Um, from just being around and being part of activities and events that Christians just don't take the time to do it. And, you know, if you read your Bible, here's what you will know. When Christ spoke in Matthew chapter 25 about when you visited me in the hospital, when you visited me in the sick bed, when you came to the home uh, while I was ill or shut in, when you um, visited me in prison, Christ was speaking to all the places where believers would be in all of the afflictions of life. Hence, we do not believe in a prosperity gospel that mandates healing of everybody that asks for it. I mean, if Christ is going to be in the prison, I mean, heal my prison sentence, Lord, and deliver me from prison. You know, turn the mind of the judge 
and have him to drop my case in the name of Jesus. Let your righteousness deliver me from my guilt and condemnation on a civil public level and let me walk free, Lord, in Jesus' name. No, you're going to do time, brother, sister. As many of God's saints have, God meets his people in prison. I've said it a lot of times, and I know from experience, God will meet you in your pit. And you will honor that pit because that pit is the only way God could stop you to talk to you, get a hold of you. But what is God going to do? He ain't going to talk to you in a dream or a vision or a revelation. He's going to send a preacher to you. And largely those preaching to you will be in prison with you who have come to know the grace of God in Christ or were sent there, as was Joseph, as was Paul, as was uh, Titus, as well was many of the early church uh, servants of God. God has a lot of folks in prison. It's just true. And for us to be able to facilitate them with good Bibles um, is the least we can do with the resources we have. Come join us and overcome your sinfulness to not serve. Um, we're getting ready to talk about another topic. Let me go to line number three and talk with my uh, dear friend, colleague, brother, uh, uh, Thomas Coleman, Coach Thomas Coleman from Hercules. Coach, are you there? I am, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. Did you get a chance to listen in to our program a little bit? I know you were busy today. Yeah, but I, I've been air hustling on the last segment, and, and my heart was breaking about um, the false preachers um, in Africa and just the atrocity that um, is perpetrated on people with a false gospel. Um, and I'm just so thankful that um, the Lord has providentially put us in America where we have um, the opportunity to just have so many gospel preaching, quality gospel preaching um, um, through, um, you know, ministries like, like Grace Bible. Uh, not that they're not in Africa, but this, just the, the things that they have to go through, the other challenges along with false preaching is just um, sometimes it just seems overwhelming. True, true. I, I would say that um, that's by design. Uh, Christ said many versus the few. Many false prophets and false teachers will arise and deceive many. See to it that right. you are not deceived. He said that. So we have the the true gospel church and faithful gospel preachers have always lived in the minority. We are very... Uh, we are very much aware of the minority uh, disposition of faithful gospel preachers as well as a lack of real notoriety. I mean, your pastor happens to be fortunate here in the Bay Area to be known by so many people. It's really true. I don't care about it. I really don't. Uh, But it's so. Uh, and we have a few others, John MacArthur, you know, uh, Alistair Begg, and a few others right. who are serious about the gospel um, who, um, who, who are out there. But most of my colleagues in the ministry of the gospel who are faithful, uh, Thomas, are men who are not known. They just go about the work all over the world, all over the world. Um, and so I am uh, committed to prayer for them and committed to the cause of the gospel with them. And we know ultimately we will triumph. And I thank you for a sympathetic heart to our brothers and sisters in Africa because they're vulnerable to that chicanery and utter foolishness. If I was sick with AIDS and somebody said, you know, lay hands on, if, if they lay hands on me, I'd get healed too. I might be inclined if I didn't know God, wouldn't you? Sure, absolutely. But I would be... Absolutely. It's it's it is 
the carrot that is dangling in front of unsuspecting and unknowing. Um, and of course, you know, we would run to try to get help. Yep. Without a doubt. Now, here's what I want to talk about. We're going to broach the subject and then take a break and come back. Another year has gone by, my dear brother, by the grace of God and uh, by his good mercies, we've been able to really do what Solomon said. Uh, no, his his uh, his predecessor, Moses, said, uh, number our days and give our hearts to wisdom. And uh, from last year, from last year to now, uh, we've been looking forward to where we are here in a few weeks in our there is hope football and agility camp. I mean, last year was outstanding. And here we go, man. A couple more weeks. Would you give us the date for our camp coming up here in a few weeks? Yeah, we're we're almost we're a little less than a month away. It's uh six nineteen through the twenty first. That's gonna be a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh from nine to uh twelve thirty by the time we roll out. That's going to be that's going to be June the 19th, three days, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. That's a few weeks from now, a little less than four weeks, as you said, Um, nine to what time? 1230, nine to 1230. So it's a a short camp, but it's a power pack camp. And let me just uh, let me say and you can affirm for me that we are always open to young people who are in middle school or in high school who want to come out and have a quality camp for free that is biblically based and God-centered and God-honoring, developing their skills uh, in all athletic activities. But largely, we have focused on those who are right now playing football. But I think we have really emphasized this year agility in general because the exercises really are good for any kind of uh, athletic endeavor. Um, and and really, what is the targeted group that we are trying to uh, get a hold of to this year again, Thomas? Uh, middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth, and then the early high schoolers, ninth and tenth graders. Got it. Um, that's been our target group now, um, and we've honed in on on those um, five um, levels of, of young men development in terms of um, their ages, and um, we we've had a great opportunity to. Just so, um, like as you were saying before, the skills and the development that's um, great for their bodies and, and strengthening of their, um, you know, their their young muscularity. Yeah. But um, just the sewing into them, just having men care about them and wanting to talk to them about things that are bigger than sports, um, about being good people and what that looks like, um, being trustworthy, um, being um, – uh, faithful and being a good teammate, those those attributes look like, but those characteristics um, are um, how they manifest in, in an individual and how how you make yourself um, a better teammate by having those uh, characteristics. Now, listen, I want to take a break, and then we're going to come back. I want to ferret that out a little bit, okay? So um, okay. Uh, get prepared for that. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline, your host, Jesse Giston. We're talking about another um, aspect of ministry, and that is taking care of our young men. We do young men's ministry. We do young women's ministry. We do prison ministry. We do convalescent ministry. We're just doing the ministry. Like a lot of churches are committed to doing the ministry. And we want you to be part of it. If you have a young man or a group of young men that are uh, potentially athletes and really could use an atmosphere 
where it is sound and men do care about them. You want to stay tuned. And when I come back, you'll hear more on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right, we're back. 638 is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We are talking about our There Is Hope football and agility camp with Coach uh, Thomas Coleman. We do this every year, you guys, and we really want you to put your ear to the phone, get your pen and paper out, and I want you to take down the number that we're going to give here shortly because we're talking about <clears throat> actually ministering to kids. God birthed this concept in the heart and mind of my dear brother, Thomas Coleman, who is a member of our church uh, at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. And we have collaborated together now, Thomas, what, four years now? Four years. It's been a great uh, four years, and I'm just humbled to have my hand to the plow and along with other brothers and sisters that have helped push this along. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And and for those of you who are new, uh, Coach Thomas happens to be a longtime football coach um, at very significant levels, even rising up to the professional dimension and is even now presently serving as an assistant coach in uh, at San Mateo College. Are you not, Thomas? Yeah, correct. I'm the quarterback coach at San Mateo College and um, so I have big boys and, and little boys. Right, and we call them guppies. I got that from you. And I appreciate it because the whole point, ladies and gentlemen, is that um, we really should be taking time out targeting our young men as we do our women with our Daughters of Grace to nurture them, to nurture them in the wholeness of who they are. Sports is a great way to do it for boys, to um, channel that energy, to hone in on their testosterone, and to turn it inward to help build character. And what I know, and you can augment on this here in a moment, Coach, is that I know that what happens is we gather together 25, 30, 40 boys, and they are all within the ranges of sixth graders on up to early high school, as you said, and they are all eager to learn uh, football skills, and they have the fortunate blessing of really quality top coaches from all over the Bay Area. And we've had for years now gracious men coming out of the NFL and college arena of sports to support this because they are also believers and they also understand the integrity factor of men who do know God and want God to be um, a, a real factor in developing young athletes. Um, talk to us a little bit about that and give us an idea of what, what this year is going to be about. Well, uh, like last year, we are um, very theme-driven. And so last year we really tried to center each day around a theme. Um, one day would be hope. Yep. Another day would be trust. Yep. Another day would be teamwork, yep. and all those all those things have biblical implications. Whether or not a young man or a family are believers or not, we know that God uses means, as you had uh, talked about in the, the early segment, and those means of conversations that are sowing into these young men, just so they hear the word trust, and and they and they ferret that out um, through our conversations in their head, and they can roll that around, and, and we talk about it as we practice and then we conclude with practices and we we ask them what did they learn about the word trust that they didn't know right. before they came in and so those are just great opportunities 
both for us to teach them and for us to learn from them. Right. And one of the things I've loved, man, about um, some of the guys that God has allowed to uh, cross our path, as I stated earlier, and this is no joke, uh, professional football players from the Raiders, from the 49ers, and from uh, significant high schools and colleges around, the men that have come in have really stepped up to the bat and have spoken well both about God, faith, and, um, and into the lives of these young people. Uh, in ways that we know will make an impression on their soul. And we're really um, wanting to touch young men whom mom and dad, and sometimes particularly with our African-Americans and and, and, and other uh, minorities, it's often just mom, to let them know, you know, that young gorilla, that burgeoning gorilla that you are uh, wrestling with can take three days and be with a bunch of other young gorillas uh, and be governed by older gorillas who have learned That's to be right. managed by the spirit of God and be uh, and be uh, be spoken into relative to the gospel, relative to character and make connections that we know are going to be connections for the rest of our lives. Man, I'll tell you, and you know, this is the case because we had a chance to talk to the boys for years now. An older man speaking into a younger man's life. Issues of uh, character, issues of conduct, issues of discipline. You know, we've had years where we've talked about discipline, the principal things and and how to um, how to prioritize your life and, and avoid trouble. We've dealt with all of these concepts of which in my youth I did not get. And so I got in trouble because I didn't have older men doing what the proverb says. My son, listen to my words, heed my instructions. Um, take to heart my wisdom. If more young men could have these kind of benefits, uh, it would easily turn them in a direction to uh, to be uh, very productive, very um, helpful, very sound young men. Would you not say? Absolutely, Pastor. And you know, you just you you hit on something that I, as you were speaking, I thought about the look that. We didn't necessarily get when we were young. Right. Um, some of us did, but many of us didn't, and especially not consistently. But a, a look that a man can give a young man right. by looking him into the eyes and helping him work through emotions or just things that are on his mind and someone to, to look up to, but to also uh, have that, that man tell them that, you know, we, we're all flawed, and yep. I used to be like you, yep. and I used to think like you, yep. um, but the wisdom that a godly man with a biblical worldview can help them negotiate through some of the things that are in their heads and in their hearts and that they wrestle with. And, you know, this generation has to, so much coming at them yep. that um, it's hard for them to even think about um how to negotiate and let alone actually try to accomplish that. Right. And so, um, and just, just the picture of, of all of the men that have come through here, especially lately that have been able to really uh, look at these young men and see themselves and then say that, you know, you can make it young man, but you can only really make it if you, as, as you had said, have the principal thing, as the chief thing in your life, and that that's really the grace of God, and have God be the driving force in your life. True. Now, do me a favor before I let you go. Um, give give me the website uh, as well as a contact number for our audience. Okay. Got you. It's there is hope 
www.thereishope.biz, thereishope.biz, and the contact number if you need to leave a message or you uh, want uh, further information that the website doesn't have, it's 510-224-3511, Listen, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting with my uh, colleagues on the field, the brothers and men like yourself and and Brother Jerry and others who uh, take out the time to do this because we believe it's a mission that we've been called to. To uh, bless these young men, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, so I, you know, I'm gonna have you back on probably in a, in two weeks if you don't mind. Uh, where we can actually scale it up and and let let people know um, what our particular themes are for that week, uh, and just to get them zealed up uh, to do it. Thomas, listen, thanks for the time, thanks for the call, brother. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon, and uh, until then, say hello to that lovely wife of yours, and we'll talk to you soon. Same here, Pat. I will do. Bless you, my brother. Got to take a break. When I come back, Sally, I will talk with you as we wind down the Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to be in the house. So glad to be talking about God. So glad to be helping people. So glad to be in my right mind. So glad. So glad. So glad. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. Yep. Let me go to line number one and talk with Sally in Marin County. Sally, are you there? Yes, I am, thank, sir. Thank you for your angelic patience. <laughs> it's a blessing. Uh, I have a preamble to the two things I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Last year, didn't you meet There Is Hope in Oakland? You never mentioned where it was going to be this year. I know. It's, it's just, you know, I, I'm going to have to get on my coach about all that. Um it's in Oakland, um, uh, my um, alma mater for high school, Oakland High. It's always there um, because we have such a great relationship with the present football coaches there and the uh, present staff. So, yes, it's at Oakland High, which is a good median between um, where you are and where I am in terms of Castro Valley. And it's uh, really easy to get off the freeway right there. In do you know Oakland? Uh, any, no, any? as little as possible, thank you. <laughs> well, we have some really good spots in Oakland, Sally. I My just... mother was born in Oakland. Oh, was she? She was so glad to go down to San Lorenzo Valley uh, when I, I... she was 12. <laughs> uh, those were the good old days. <laughs> she, she uh, oh, I'm, we're getting way off the subject, okay. but she... Uh, Delivered her father's bread on roller on roller skates on the wooden sidewalks of Oakland back. No, the- I, I know. Listen, I, I I am telling you, I I'm not that old. I know, but I do remember and have heard about how rural and how um how how different it was back in the day when it was a lot more. Uh, I would say simple and uh, and practical. Uh, so I, I'm thankful for that hi- hi- historical perspective on that. What did you want to talk about? Okay, uh, number one is uh, I am amazed how easy it is to get to love people who love God, and it doesn't matter what color they are. I've got a friend now, a new friend, and I'm having more fun with her. (laughs) And somebody thought we knew each other for years and years, and we've only known each other since she's come to our church. She's black, and I'm blue-eyed blonde, you know, and we just have a wonderful time. Isn't it great? So and and I look back in my life and I think the blacks that I got along with were probably Christians. You know and the ones that I didn't get along with were mm-hmm. probably not. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, you know, um, I, I here's the point. I think you would be making, and I, I would too. Uh, 
uh, real Christianity will make a difference, and it will difference us up out of antagonistic differences, won't it? And it'll stop tribalism. I, 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 when real Christianity is working, it will stop tribalism. And really, that's one of the reasons why the enemy hates real Christianity, because it does that. Think about this is, you know, I guess you heard me talking about Harry and Megan, right? Yes. Right. That's what I really loved about it. For me, I'm always doing merit, uh, 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 meta narratives. I'm always doing gospel paradigms. You, you probably know that because what other way is it is there to look at the world? I mean, I can look at it in its ugly, superficial, uh, you know, no pun intended, black and white dimension. But God gives us the ability to see through that and and look for the beauty of His grace. And when you see something like um, like Harry and Megan. And it worked out so well, um, the whole experience and, 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 you know, conversation of the media that I just I had to talk about it because I, I think it, it serves and bodes the gospel well. I think it does. I think it just shows us how we can begin to more tangibly move away from those fictitious barriers that kept us separated. And she was so simply dressed. I yep. saw very little of it, but yep. I saw them coming down the church steps. Yep. And I was delighted to see how simply she was dressed. But I've got another thing on my mind. Okay. Uh, you know, I've been studying off and on the, the armor of God, and I just wondered, uh, as you were talking earlier, I think it's connected, uh, can you connect knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of God and our Lord Jesus Christ with the armor. Absolutely. So here's how this works. Uh, We're getting ready. My, I have about five men that preach and teach with me in our church, younger men, my protégés, young men who are really gifted. We're about to do a conference in July, I think it's 5th, 6th, and 7th in Sacramento at our sister church, Way of Grace, up there. And our whole topic is going to be around Ephesians 6, verses 10 and following, put on the whole arm of God that you might stand against the wiles of the devil. And in the past where I have worked through that, that text exegetically, Sally, what I have told the believer is the way to understand that text without it becoming overly complicated with all of the different um, parts of the panoply, which really that's what our guys are going to be doing. I'm giving assignments for somebody to deal with the helmet, somebody to deal with the breastplate, somebody to deal with the shoe sword and everything because they're important. But here's what I would say. When you think about the armor of God in the life of the believer, think about the promises of God. When you think of the armor, think of God's promises. Think about what God is doing when he tells us, Sally, to put on the whole armor of God. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of insight. Whenever the language of the New Testament is given in the imperative form, put on, put on, put on, put on, it, it tells us to put on under different uh, metaphors and motifs, right? Put on the new man, right? Put on the man created in righteousness and true holiness. Put off the old man and, and, and put on the spirit of God. It will say put on. Well, now Paul is using the metaphor of putting on the armor of God. Well, it's all different language talking about the same thing, and that is put on Jesus Christ. Now, when you and I put on Jesus Christ, we are putting on wisdom, knowledge, and understanding because all three of those characteristics are personified in Jesus. Jesus is our wisdom. 
Jesus is our understanding. Jesus is our knowledge. He is the word made flesh and dwelling among us. We all recognize that God has poured into Christ the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So we're, we're learning nothing about God apart from Jesus. So really, where the New Testament uses all this metaphorical and analogical language, um, it's really all about union with the God-man, Jesus Christ. And this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father but by me. So true knowledge of God is a knowledge of God in Jesus. And according to 1 Corinthians one thirty, he is our wisdom. He is our redemption. He is our righteousness. He's our sanctification. And I know you know all this, Sally. The Bible from Genesis to Revelation is a hymn book, and it's about him. So when we are called to put on the armor, here's what God is telling us. If you learn my word and you trust my promises, because the Bible is full of promises, the promises are what protects us from the assaults of the enemy. Just like armor protects the soldier from the assault of the enemy of the witch. If you don't have the armor on your own physical anatomy is not equipped to deal with the battle. God loves us enough to cover us. We've got to be covered. And when we're covered in the whole armor of God, then we are prepared to not fight, but stand. And that is to stand against the wiles of the devil standing on the promises of God, my savior. Remember that old hymn? Oh, yes. Now, when I say standing on the promises, I am saying we stand on every promise of God represented by every piece of the panoply, which is really pointing to the sufficiency of Jesus for those who have trust in him. Because what is it that overcomes the world? Is it not even this, even our faith? So that the believer trusting the promises of God, looking to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, walks in the wisdom of God, has the understanding of God, has the knowledge of God. And that knowledge is the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, how he loved us, how he died for us, how he rolls again for us, how he represents us in glory, how he mediates for us, how he to cares for us. Glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. So enjoy it. Uh, enjoy it. And thank you for affirming what I was saying earlier about uh, we are both in a war <laughs> and a wedding. <laughs> Thanks for the call, sister. I will wind down the program because there's only one minute to go. I love Sally. Um, her uh, simple and yet no-nonsense attitude. You learn some things after you get older. And I hope that you and I, as we get older, will get better too. And if you enjoyed that exposition, brief commentary on Ephesians 6, look for it on our website because it will be coming out in a powerful way, telling all of us the only way we stand is in the promises of God. And those promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father by us. Until then, keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesse Gistan with you. Lord willing, we'll see you next time. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.